This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a scriptease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background and of course spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we go ancient comedy for The Frogs by Aristophanes, 405 BCE. Why is it called that? There is a chorus of frogs who welcome the lead Dionysus into Hades. They are a symbol of the old way of thinking, a culture transformed like a tadpole young with great ideas into a bloated frog. It is an allusion to change needing to be made in Athens, out with the old. The play begins with the clever, witty and brave slave Xanthius asking his master, the god Dionysus, if he can make some classic gags about the weight he is carrying. Dionysus doesn't like the old lame jokes and asks him not to. You will note that this play is very meta. It references other playwrights and lampoons the classic Greek stories. Dionysus explains that Athenian tragedies have been of lower quality recently, and so he wishes to go to Hades to bring the great tragedian Euripides back from the dead. Dionysus' half-brother, the hero Heracles, think Hercules, has been to Hades, think hell, before, so Dionysus dresses up as his half-brother to try and get it. This causes many laughs and confusions, so remember, Dionysus is dressed up as Heracles, in a lion skin with a big club. This is also funny because Dionysus in this play is seen as effeminate and cowardly. Dionysus asks his half-brother the quickest way to Hades, and Heracles jokes about several forms of suicide. Dionysus decides to take the long way and cross the lake. At the lake, Dionysus crosses alone as Xanthius must walk. We meet the title characters of the frogs as they present a chorus of very loud and annoying croaking frogs who are determined to croak and yell. The frogs are symbolic of transformation and the city that can't see what it has become. Once the boat reaches the shore, it becomes swap clothes time for about 20 minutes or more. Dionysus is confused for Heracles, who is in trouble for stealing Cerberus, so he makes Xanthius swap clothes with him. But then a gorgeous woman invites Xanthius dressed as Heracles, to join a feast. So they swap back, but Cerberus's owner returns and, on Xanthius' suggestion, goes to torture who he thinks is Heracles, but is actually Dionysus. Dionysus reveals who he really is, and that's it for the clothes swap. There is some banter between Xanthius and another slave about stupid masters, but next, Dionysus finds the recently dead Euripides, and he is challenging another famous ancient Greek writer, Aeschylus, to find out who is the best tragic poet, and Dionysus is appointed to judge that contest. Euripides and Aeschylus take turns quoting their best verses from their plays and mocking one another. It comes down to this. Euripides thinks he should win because his characters are more true to life and rational, and Aeschylus thinks that his heroes have more virtue, even if they are romanticised. Aeschylus shows that Euripides is predictable and formulaic, while Euripides then mocks Aeschylus' iambic tetrameter lyric verses by singing it to flute music. To decide the debate, a balance is brought in and the two playwrights provide their best or weightiest lines onto it to see who will tip the balance in their favour. Aeschylus wins, but Dionysus still doesn't know who to bring back to life. The contest is finally decided by a competition to see who has the best idea on how to save the city of Athens. Euripides offers clever wordplay without substance and Aeschylus offers useful advice. So Dionysus takes Aeschylus back 
instead of Euripides. To add insult to injury, as he leaves, Aeschylus suggests Sophocles should take the mantle of best tragedian in Hades, not Euripides. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Scriptees. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That's all from us at The Aside and this episode of Scriptees. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Scriptees episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.